The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. A new state law goes into effect July 1st, giving local governments the ability to take down Confederate monuments, but that doesn't mean it will happen immediately. As Roberta Roldan reports, the removal process is expected to take at least 60 days. Before Richmond City Council can take down a Confederate monument, it'll first need to set a public meeting on the issue 30 days in advance. If they vote for removal at that meeting, they'll have to wait another 30 days while offering the statue to any museum or historical society. Richmond's interim city attorney, Haskell Brown, says the city charter also requires approval from local boards like the Planning Commission. If the Planning Commission were to disapprove the location, character, and extent of the removal, the next step in that is the council to overrule that. Uh, That doesn't take long. The council would probably just introduce an expedited resolution and overrule the Planning Commission. A majority of city council members say they'll support removing four city-owned Confederate statues along Monument Avenue. Roberto Roldan, VPM News. Virginia's freeze on evictions ends Sunday, but Governor Ralph Northam is asking chief circuit judges to extend it in localities that need more time. Ian Stewart reports Northam is also proposing some relief to renters at the state level. Northam says the state is facing an eviction crisis, with some areas showing the highest rates in the country. Virginians are facing a number of difficulties, but having a safe and stable place to call home shouldn't be one of them. Northam is announcing the Virginia Rent and Mortgage Relief Program, which will use $50 million from the Federal CARES Act funds. The program will help cover rent and mortgage payments on behalf of households who are experiencing financial instability due to the pandemic. Northam says the exact guidelines of the program will be released Monday. Ian Stewart, VPM News. Governor Northam also said Virginia is ready for Phase 3 if the percentage of positive cases and hospitalizations continue to trend downward. We are not seeing a surge in cases. In fact, our numbers are very good. Today's percent positivity number is the lowest it's been in weeks. Northam says that increased testing and tracing are critical to keeping the virus in check. The governor adds that he doesn't want to see the numbers rise as in other states and says it's vital for all residents to continue to be cautious so the state can enter Phase 3. Phase 3 is set to start on July 1st and will allow for gatherings of up to 250 people and allow live music with certain restrictions. Labor groups say Virginia is on track to become the first state to create comprehensive workplace safety rules related to COVID-19. As Ben Pavier reports, the action comes as the federal government has only issued recommendations. Governor Ralph Northam proposed the regulations after outbreaks in Virginia's poultry industry. Under the regulations draft rules, employers would have to notify workers if a colleague gets sick. Workers who report problems would be protected from retaliation. Companies could be fined up to $130,000 for repeat offenses. Sarah Jacobson is an organizer with Unite Here, which represents workers in the hotel and food service industries. She says the new rules are overdue. I don't think that reopening and people returning to work should be a death sentence. Business groups say existing federal recommendations, which don't come with fines, are good enough. A state labor board voted to create the rules on Wednesday, with a final vote set for next week. Ben Pavier, VPM News. The Virginia Department of Labor and Industry says they've already received over 500 complaints regarding COVID-19 in the workplace. 
The Virginia Museum of Fine Arts laid off more than 30 employees one week before it's set to reopen. According to the VMFA, the employees were part-time gallery associates who assisted guests on the floor. Museum officials say they were laid off because of COVID-19 safety regulations, which will limit the amount of guests who can be in the building. Those with least seniority were let go. The VMFA is expected to reopen to members July 1st and the general public on July 4th. Lawmakers and advocates gathered virtually this week to celebrate what they called the first step to knocking down hunger's door. As Yasmin Juma reports, two new state laws that take effect next week aim to tackle food insecurity across Virginia's most vulnerable neighborhoods. A million dollars is going to set up the Food Access Investment Program and Fund, which will incentivize places like grocery stores to expand into food deserts across the state. Senator Jennifer McClellan of Richmond sponsored the legislation to create it during the General Assembly session. She said low-income communities have long faced inequities to accessing nutritious foods, now amplified by the pandemic. Decisions made at the state and local level decades or even centuries ago have led us to this moment where the market failed and left people literally starving. The new program also aims to expand the number of retailers that accept food stamps, including grocery stores and farmers markets, and will fund community-based agricultural projects. The laws go into effect on July 1st. Yasmin Jama, VPM News. The American Battlefield Trust has just conveyed the easement on the rock tract, which includes 33 acres and an intact 1864 military fortification to the Commonwealth. It will become one of the first battlefield lands set aside to honor African-American soldiers who fought for the Union. Julie Langen is director of the Department of Historic Preservation. Very few people understand that there were 175 regiments consisting of more than 178,000 primarily African-Americans. She says the tract on Henrico's New Market Heights battlefield may one day have walking trails, a plaque, and even a monument to help tell an unbiased story of Virginia's history. As confrontations between demonstrators and police in Richmond continue, one news outlet that has stood out for their coverage of the protest is the Commonwealth Times VCU student newspaper. Alan Rodriguez Espinoza spoke with the staff at the CT to learn more about their work. Every night since protests erupted in Richmond denouncing police brutality against black Americans, a reporter with the Commonwealth Times VCU student-led newspaper has been in the field. I couldn't have thought that this would happen in a million years. That's Eduardo Acevedo, a rising junior and the CT's news editor. On a near-nightly basis, he's taken to Twitter to report live on confrontations between protesters and police. I was out in Richmond getting tear-gassed by Richmond police and staying out until 3 in the morning. Acevedo and the rest of the CT staff stopped getting paid for their news coverage in March, when the coronavirus forced them to stop printing physical copies of their paper. The students usually don't work at the paper during the summer, but the late nights and deadlines continue. Hannah Eason, the CT's managing editor, says it's the only way to tell the full picture. We're not able to write a full, complete story if we're not there until the end of the protest. Seeing the protests through, however, has come with risks. Eason, Acevedo, and Andrew Ringel, the CT's executive editor, are among the several local journalists that have been physically harmed by Richmond police while reporting from the crowd of demonstrators. They sprayed me twice in the face and sprayed my camera lens. Ringel was recording video and stating he was a member of the press, as police used chemical reagents to disperse crowds. I want my team to be safe while they report, and I want to be safe while I report as well. And I hope that the videos that we're getting of the way that we're being treated while we're out shows people that change needs to happen. The journalists say they're willing to do whatever it takes to report the truth. What do we want? Justice! When do we want it? 
The first couple nights of protests saw the looting of stores and vehicles set on fire, but Eason says the CT consciously chose not to label the protesters as rioters and looters. And that's because we were there and we saw that there were a large majority of people were just marching and were peacefully protesting. As an editorial decision, the CT has also chosen to hide the faces of those in the crowds and put the camera away when statues have been pulled down. That might be against this, you know, old set of journalistic ethics that we've, you know, all grown up on, but when you have reports of police targeting protesters for being out in the streets, we want to take every precaution we can to make sure that people aren't getting their faces onto the internet. This willingness to challenge the norms of reporting has set the CT apart from the city's other media outlets, making the student-led newspaper one of the most trusted sources of information for many. Alex Bryan is a professor of journalism at VCU who has taught both Eason and Ringel in the past. Journalism is meant to serve the community, and the community is asking not to show faces. So I really think that the Commonwealth Times hears that, and they go into their coverage with this respect to the community that they are covering. As the CT journalists prepare to join the workforce, Acevedo says the last few weeks have been a valuable learning experience, but it's also been a time to reflect on the role journalism plays in the community during times of social unrest. My entire family on my father's side is Hispanic. My family on my mother's side is Black. So the movement hits right at home as well. As a new generation of young and diverse journalists emerges, Eason says a lot of the old rules and customs are being thrown into question, but ultimately the essence of journalism remains. We are just here to tell your story. Alan Rodriguez Espinosa, VPM News. This has been the Daily VPM Newscast. Find all of our stories online at vpm.org news. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.